welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for December 6. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. It's commonplace for contemporary scientists and philosophers to give lip service to the principles that science decides only the how questions and leaves the why questions to religion, wrote the late Philip Johnson in his book, The Right Questions. However, Johnson continued, The epistemic authority of science is so overwhelming, and the standing of theology so precarious, that outside of science effectively means outside of reality. And the premise that science has taken to entail the conclusion that the world has no purpose is effectively a non-existent purpose. How could we know of the purpose if science cannot discover it? Johnson rightly added, The concept of ultimate purpose is probably inseparable from the concept of divine revelation. The right question is not whether God exists, but whether God has revealed the nature of the ultimate purpose of the world. In order to begin to provide some answers to this excellent question, as well as some keys to opening up the right questions with people in the wider community, Let me touch on two New Testament statements. In John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In his letter to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul writes, For he, that is Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. Both St. John and St. Paul are telling us that Jesus is the projection into our world of the God who exists beyond space and time. Furthermore, we come to understand that out of his very nature, God the Father loves and gives life. Throughout eternity, God the Father has given life to a Son, a Son whom he loves and delights in. This is what the Orthodox creeds mean when they speak of the eternal nature of the Son of God. And Article 2 of the 39 Articles of the Anglican Church states, The Son which is the Word of the Father, begotten from everlasting of the Father, the very and eternal God, and of one substance with the Father. A helpful way to understand this relationship between God the Father and God the Son is to think of a fountain. In the same way that the essential nature of a fountain is to pour out water, so God the Father is eternally flowing with life and love, eternally begetting His Son. Indeed, the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 2 tells us the Lord says of Himself that He is the spring of living water. God the Father and God the Son are distinct persons, but they are inseparable from one another. In their essence, they are both God. They always love one another, and they always work together in perfect harmony. Indeed, God the Father is always pouring the fullness of His own nature into His Son. Furthermore, in John chapter 1 and verse 3 we read, All things came into being through him, that is, the Word. And without him, not one thing came into being. 
What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus Christ, all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. We need to catch the flow of both the words of St. John and St. Paul. Throughout eternity, God the Father's nature gives life and love, which we see in His one and only eternal Son, who came amongst us as one of us. Furthermore, the Father hands over to His Son the task of creating others and loving others. God doesn't need to do this to make up something lacking in His nature. This is who He is and what He does. He loves and he gives life. Drawing these threads together, we come to understand that Jesus Christ, the eternally begotten Son of God, is the eternal image and radiance of God. We're created in the image of God and designed to conform to the image of God's eternal Son in our love for God and our love for one another. Our existence is part of the continuation of that outgoing movement of God's love. Here we begin to find the answer to the meaning and purpose of our existence. Is all this fiction, we might ask? Well, consider the observation of Dr. John Lennox, Emeritus Professor of Mathematics at Oxford University. To the majority of those who have reflected deeply and written about the origin and nature of the universe, it has seemed that it points beyond itself to a source which is non-physical and of great intelligence and power. As Paul writes, For in Jesus Christ all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him, and for him. So let me pray. It's a prayer for the second Sunday in the season of Advent. Blessed Lord, you have caused all scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that encouraged and supported by your holy word, we may embrace and always hold fast the joyful hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. John Mason is the speaker and writer of this week's podcast. The prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and closing music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.